when you make him the center of it all, everything else is secondary. Amen. We're so excited to be here. We want to thank Pastor Murphy and your wife. Thank you so much, Sister Murphy, for your incredible hospitality and for putting us up. We so appreciated our time with you all. We're very excited to see what God is doing in Brazil. The past three years have been incredible. But we believe that, you know, we don't live in the past. Jesus is the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the Jesus of the past. He's going to be in the future. But you know what? He's also going to be in the present. It doesn't matter what you might be going through. If Jesus is with you in the present, everything else is secondary. And when you keep him at the center of it all. So we're excited to see what God's going to do. We believe that we're going to be back on the field in Brazil very soon. And Brazil needs your prayers. Please keep us in your prayers. We're going back. We've been ministering around Brazil the last three years. We have some home groups set up in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, in the city of Sao Paulo. The city of Sao Paulo is about 26 million people. That's larger than the entire state of Florida. Uh, in population, just to put it in perspective. And there's still not one apostolic church, but we believe that God is faithful and that the God that has started something, he is faithful all the way to the end. And when you begin to proclaim the name of Jesus, everything else will fall into place. Amen? Amen. I wonder if we can go to the book of Luke 19. I'm just going to speak for a couple moments tonight. Luke chapter 19. And the Bible says in verse number 5, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and he came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And then Jesus said in verse 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. I wonder if we can just pray for a few moments. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for everything we felt in this place. Oh God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you be present in our life. Oh God, do a work in our lives today. Oh God, go with us as we return home, Jesus, that we leave this place different than the way we came. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. And I wonder if we can all just say in the name of Jesus. I wonder if we can just give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time. I wonder if we can just thank him for what he's going to do and what he's about to do in our lives. Come on, I wonder if you can just begin to thank the Lord and begin to declare his blessings and his favor in your life and say, thank you, Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's already seen the beginning and the end, and it's going to be all right. Thank you, Jesus. And you can be seated. I am just going to take a few moments tonight. But I wanted to speak that about on the, on the subject that the favor and the call of God is found in the house of need. I truly believe that God will send someone wherever there is a need present. Wherever a need manifests itself, the will of God is automatically there. It doesn't take really a special divination or wondering or worrying about if you should reach out to the poor and the needy and the helpless and the people that are marginalized in society. God is wanting to manifest his power in the midst of someone else's need. God is always wanting to show up and say, I'm on the scene and I am God of everything. And if God If there is a need in your life, if there is something that you might be going through, God is able to reach that need. God is able to manifest his power in the midst of that need. And it's easy that we can live life and we can forget about the need that is present. In the time of Jesus, there were many poor and there were many destitute and there were many marginalized 
And somehow the religious society, they isolated themselves from the need that was present in society. As a church today, we cannot isolate ourselves from the need that is present in our society. We cannot just begin to think that poverty and that all the issues of the world are out of our borders and that are in other countries and other continents and contexts. But let me tell you something. The way that people need God in Brazil and in Africa and in Central America is the same way that people are needing God in this community, in this state, and in this city. We can't live life being isolated by the need that is present. You see, when Jesus, he was tempted, and the Bible says in Luke 4 that he went out into the desert and he fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights, and he left the desert and he was full of power. And as, he, as anyone leaving a fast does, you're leaving at the best moment than when you came in. And he goes back to Nazareth and he goes to the local synagogue, the place where he grew up, and he goes to the religious community there, and he opens up the Isaiah scroll, and he opens it up to Isaiah 60, and he begins to read, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. Let me tell you, the Spirit of the Lord will be upon you, and the calling and the favor of God will be upon you when you begin to reach needs that are present in your life, in your family, and in your community. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's called me to proclaim the good news to the poor, to proclaim deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and fourthly, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, everybody that was there knew that Jesus, he was leaving something out of the Isaiah scroll. Because the Isaiah scroll says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance. Because the prophets, they would see everything as if it was compressed. They didn't know and they begin to say, well, why is he leaving that out? But Jesus was saying in that moment, I have come to this earth for a purpose. I have come to this earth to this earth to seek those that are lost, to seek those that are destitute, to seek those that are poor. Come on, I've come to this earth to proclaim deliverance to the captives. I have come to that so that the blind might recover their sight. In everything that Jesus did on earth, it reflected his mission statement. Let me tell you, as a church, we cannot forget that there is a need present to which we find our purpose Abraham was called and blessed, and he was set apart from the nations, but he, God was bringing him out not to just call Abraham out and to make him great, but Abraham was set apart, and he was blessed among the nations so that through his seed he could bless the world, so that through Abraham we might receive the promise of Abraham. Let me tell you, we were saved not to just sit on a pew. We were saved not to just hear great music and great preaching, but you were saved so that somebody that has a need can come to the house of God and that somebody that is spirit-filled can say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because there is a need present in the house. You don't have to be special tonight. You don't have to feel special or set apart from anybody. The only thing you have to do is say, God, here I am. Lord, send me to where your greatest need is. It doesn't mean that you're going to go across the world 
It doesn't mean that you're going to go to another continent to be a missionary. But let me tell you something. There is need every corner that we are looking at. Everywhere you look at, there is a need, and there is someone that is needing to hear the truth. There is someone that is captive that is needing to be released. Let me tell you, there is someone that God is wanting to send you to. And God's calling, His favor will manifest wherever, I truly believe, wherever there is a need. We worked in Brazil for the past three years, and we had the pleasure to work under Brother Benny DeMerchant. And if you don't know who he is, he was a missionary to Brazil. He was one of the pioneer missionaries for 52 years in the country of Brazil. He came down to Brazil. He was a 24-year-old Canadian that just loved to fly, and he liked fishing, but he felt a call of God there. And he went to the Amazonian jungle, and he went where there was no churches there. There was no one baptized in Jesus' name. He didn't know the language. He didn't know what he was going to do, but God knew that there was a need that was there. There was a need that was present around the corner in those jungles, and he went there not knowing necessarily what to do, but just saying, God, here I am. Send me to where the need is, because the, the call of God and the favor of God will go out where there is a need. Wherever you are needed, God will send you, and you may not feel like you're able to do it, but let me tell you something. Faith, faith will allow you to begin to make that first step, even though you don't see the end, even though you can't imagine what's going to happen after that first step. Faith will bring you to where reason will not support you. You may not, it may not make sense to do what you're doing. And people might say, well, why are you doing that? But when God calls you, when God sends you, he's sending you to where there is a need. And the word and the, and the voice of God is always wanting to leave from the house of need. It was like that in the story we read in Zacchaeus. Jesus was passing through Jericho for the last time. And Per quo, what he would always do, he's passing through, and there's a blind man that is marginalized that's on the outside of the city, and the blind man hears that Jesus is passing through, and Jesus is going to fulfill his purpose that was on earth. He is going to confront a, a, a Calvary and a Golgotha, and he was going there, and the blind man cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me, and Jesus said, thy sight be restored to you, because there was a need that was present in that moment, and as he's passing through, he begins to speak to everybody and Zacchaeus he goes up that tree and he begins to look out and Jesus said to Zacchaeus Zacchaeus come down from that tree because it is needful that I go to your house today because the very next part in the parable Jesus is teaching the parable and the parable goes out in the house of Zacchaeus and everybody that's around says, well, Zacchaeus is a sinner. He's not worthy of hosting a man and a man of God and someone that is used in the Scripture. But let me tell you something. The Word of God is always looking to go out wherever there is a need. When the woman is at the well and she is sitting there, she doesn't go looking for Jesus, but Jesus goes looking for her because he knew I must needs go through Samaria. There was something that was there that was awaiting him, and he knew there was a need that was waiting to be fulfilled. And she's waiting there, and Jesus sends the 12 disciples on their way to buy bread and to buy meal, and he's really just trying to get her alone. And he says, all right, I know your business. And she doesn't necessarily know who she's talking to, but at the end when she realizes who she's talking to, Pastor, she leaves the bucket behind and she begins to proclaim the word of the Lord and she begins to proclaim to her neighbors what had just happened. And all of Samaria heard 
because a need was met. And I just believe that tonight, wherever you might find yourself, that God is always trying to lead us to where there is a need. He's trying to lead you to where there is someone that is hurting and someone that is waiting and someone that is on the margins. Because when the disciples, Pastor, they come back and the disciples are coming back with the food, they think and they say, well, why? And they, and they think in their minds, why is Jesus talking to her? And, and why is this happening? And, and, and why would he do this? And Jesus knows their thoughts. And he goes in and he says, well, you brought me food, and I understand that. You brought me a product of the field. But lift your eyes to the field, for they are white and ready to harvest. What you have right now, and what we are right now, and what I can do, I have enough, Pastor, that I might be able to feed my family. I have enough, maybe, in my ability to work and to just provide for what's around me. But Jesus was trying to teach his disciples something he said, lift your eyes to the, to, to the fields because they are white and they are ready to harvest. Because what the disciples have went out and they have bought was able to fill them for that day. But what's been the field will be able to feed an entire community. Let me tell you, what we need to do is lift our eyes up and say, God, here I am. Lord, send me to my field. Send me to my job. Come on, somebody. Send me to where there is a need that is present. I wonder if we can all stand tonight, and I'm going to come to a close. You might be going through a trial, and you might be going through some tribulations. But if Jesus is bringing you to it, it's because he's going to see you all the way through it. David wrote in Psalm 34, the afflictions of the righteous are many, but yet at the end of his life, he also wrote, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Let me tell you, when you begin to make your life his life, when you begin to make your purpose his purpose, it doesn't matter what is in your cabinets and what's in your wallet and if your bank account is empty. The only thing that matters is that he is your source and he is everything to you. How many of you believe that? How many of you have tried him and you've seen that he's been faithful because he who has started the work is faithful to see it all the way to the end? The Bible says, I know whom I have believed in and that he is able to see it until that day. When we were in Brazil the last three years, we stepped out on faith and we stepped out on faith in a small budget knowing that if God doesn't do it, it's not going to happen. And everything that happened while we were in Brazil over the last three years, the hundreds that received the Holy Ghost, and there has been times that we were preaching in dirt floors, and, and I'm preaching in Portuguese, and I'm trying to get better at Portuguese, and I'm going, and, and, and a young girl misinterprets what I'm saying, and she thinks I'm calling the altar call. And it was about four minutes into the sermon, and I don't think I even got through the introductions. And she goes up to the altar, and everybody floods into the altar, and there's probably 200 people on the altar, and I... Like, all right, well, let's just end it right here because, you know what, there is a need that was present in that moment. And if there's a need for you to fulfill, I wonder if we could just pray tonight, God, what is your purpose for my life? There has to be something more 
than just what I'm doing in my sphere. And I'm not saying that you need to go out and do something radical unless God tells you to do that. But there are needs in this community that God's trying to say, hey, when you align your purpose with my purpose, let me tell you, the word of the Lord will leave out of the house of need. The religious community might not think it's what is needed. They might judge Zacchaeus and the woman at the well. But God is saying it's through these people that I am going to bring my will to pass in this community. Come on, somebody. How many of you believe that God is able? Come on, the backsliders, they're going to come back because there's a need. Jesus is coming back. Life is too short for us to sit on the bench. Say, God, I want to make my purpose your purpose. God, I want to make my purpose your purpose. Philip, he goes back to Samaria, and he's preaching, and there's revival, and he preaches Jesus. Let me tell you something. You don't have to have a degree from seminary. You don't have, the Bible says they laid hands on them. They begin to speak in other tongues and prophesy. That means that the woman that was wicked, the adulteress, she began to prophesy and speak and proclaim the word of the Lord. Let me tell you, it's not too late. You haven't passed the favor of God. If you lift your hands up and say, God, here I am. The word of the Lord can come through you, and it will reach in you and through you to a need that is present. Hallelujah. I wonder if we can lift our hands up across this place. Hallelujah. Come on, these altars are open. If you want to reach God and say, God, here I am. I want my purpose to be your purpose. I want my need to be your need. Jesus, fill me again with your presence, oh God. Come on, somebody. There's a woman at the well in your family. There's somebody that's waiting. There's a Zacchaeus that's saying, hey, I don't think I'm worthy of this. Hallelujah. Come on, I wonder if you can begin to praise the Lord. I wonder if you can lift your hands up and begin to say, God, Here I am. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, if you can use anything, oh God, you can use me. Come on, that's why I let God speak to you in this house. Come on, I wonder if we can lift our voice up. I wonder if we can begin to praise the Lord. I wonder if we can begin to pray together. Come on. It's in your mouth, everything you need. If you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, it's in you, everything you need to be successful. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody's God speaking to somebody in this house tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Let the word of the Lord leave in your mouth. Come on, lift up your voice. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. It doesn't matter what you did in your past. God's saying, hey, I want to see where you are today. I want to see that your need is my need. I want to see that you're being functional for the kingdom of God. Yes. Come on, God's doing a work in this house. If you're